John chapter 18, starting at verse 1. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? he asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked them, Who were you looking for? Again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene, I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement, I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? I've titled this morning's message, Jesus Steps Forward. Don't you just love that about Jesus? Because he doesn't step away. He doesn't step back. But he steps towards us. He steps forward to meet humanity where they're at. And even here in this story where humanity is coming to seize Jesus, to exercise control over him and acting with hostility and fierceness, that even here, Jesus steps forward. And what you find is that Jesus isn't trying to hide away from them. He isn't looking, even though he knows full well that humanity is out to capture him. He doesn't go into a place where, where he might not be found. He goes to a place where he knows that there's high familiarity and high likelihood that he is going to be found. Jesus wants to be found. Especially during the wintertime, um, our family loves to play what we call dark hide-and-seek. And the reason we love to play this in the wintertime is because dark hide-and-seek is when you turn off all the lights in the house and, and everything becomes pitch black, and then you play hide-and-seek. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, is that I know that there's a high likelihood that the boys are in the room while I tell this story, but can I tell you that in this game, I don't try really hard uh, to go hide. There are often times that I just stand right in the middle of the room. And it just so happens that when the boys are having a hard time finding me, that it just happens in that moment that I often have to cough or I have to sneeze because I want to be found. It's fun for them and it's great for the game to keep going for, for them to find me. When we look at this story, there's a level of tragedy to it. And there's a big level of tragedy to it. And one of the things that, that I find so tragic here is that Judas knows precisely where Jesus is at. Because of his level of familiarity with Jesus. As John tells us, this is a place that Jesus would often spend time with his disciples. Judas knew where Jesus was going to be. 
Judas knew exactly where to guide this contingent of soldiers and guards to find Jesus. The tragedy, right, that, that, that strikes us in, in this moment is to say, oh, Judas, how could you be someone with such familiarity with Jesus, to be in such proximity to Jesus and act as a betrayer? And not only just act as a betrayer, not even to get to that level, but not to see significant life change happen within you. How could you be so close to Jesus in proximity with him, but not see your life changed by him? And I think earlier in John's gospel, he makes sure to highlight that there's a moment when Judas is appalled by what he sees in front of him. And what he's, he's appalled by is this expensive perfume that is poured over Jesus. And he realizes that as he's seeing that happen, all that he sees is dollar bills. Well, not in their historical point, but all he sees is the amount of income and money that is just poured over Jesus. And, and John gives a, a, an insight there. It says that G, Judas was the one that had access to the money bag. Jesus gave Judas his wallet. He said, here, Judas, hold this for me on a regular basis. And we're told that it's such a a powerful and tragic sentence. It says that Judas would help himself. Listen, it's, it's hard to follow Jesus when you can't see beyond yourself. The, the thing that we find about Judas is that Judas, Judas didn't surrender himself to Jesus. And so now you fast forward and Judas is guiding soldiers and guards to arrest Jesus. And the, the question that Judas causes me to ask is... Am am I seeking to surrender myself to Jesus? My understandings, my goals, my ambitions, my passions, how I'm viewing everything around me? Or am I seeking for Jesus to surrender to me? Am I seeking that that he access to his resources are just for my benefit, that I would often take from the bunny bag, so to speak, to just help myself? And what you find so, so powerful about this story is that you, I, I want to highlight what, what, what Matthew, when he tells this story, highlights for us. Is that here in this moment, right, as John says, Jesus steps forward towards Judas. In the moment that he's betraying us and the added texture that Matthew adds is, is to say that in that action, in that moment, Jesus calls Judas friend that even while he's 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 covered <laughs> with selfishness and self just he just he, everything about him is just seeking his own uh, just just seeking himself everything about him is just he's 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 he sees Judas 
that even in that place, Jesus steps forward and he asks him, who are you looking for? What are your eyes set on? What are you seeking, Judas? And I think it's a question that causes us to stop and to ask and to evaluate. Am I seeking Jesus just for my benefit? Or am I seeking Jesus because I want to know him? And that proximity is that he, that I might surrender all that I am to him. Who am I looking for? Am I looking for myself or am I looking for Jesus? Determined to follow him and to know him. But Judas isn't by himself, is he? What we're told is that he's, he's, he's guiding. He's guiding a contingent of soldiers and temple guards. That the common estimate that, that, that commentators and scholars look at when, when they see that word contingent is that it could be anywhere from, up, from 200 to 600 soldiers that are, that are there with Judas. And, and the temple guards that are also a part of this arresting party. And why, why is it? Why is it that, that Rome is sending such a, a, a squad of soldiers? And why is it that the temple officials are sending their guards in, in, uh, during this time? Well, because of Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem, it caused quite a bit of disruption. What we're told is that as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem before the Passover feast is that there's two actions that take place. There's two big events that happen as Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. One is the triumphant entry. Jesus is riding in on a donkey and all the crowd and all the cities begin to celebrate him and begin to to sing and to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And then the other action that you see is that Jesus clears the temple. He drives out the money changers. It's this powerful scene of Jesus coming in and and, and declaring that it's his house. (laughs) And, And so what's highlighted in these two actions? Well, it's the kingship of Jesus. He's the one that is rightfully, he's rightfully the one that is meant to govern and to rule and to reign over us. And he's the high priest. The temple is his home. The temple is his dwelling place. And he's the one that acts in a way that makes, gives us the ability to be right with God, to have access to God. So his kingship and his priesthood is here on display. And that becomes a threat. And so who are the two parties that are sent after him? Well, it's Rome and it's the temple guards. It's, it's the soldiers and, and, and the temple officials coming to seize Jesus. And I love the way that the New Living Translation writes what happens is that it says that the torches that they're carrying, they're not just carrying torches, but the torches are blazing. That I think that, that, that does a great job of highlighting the high drama that John is invoking in the telling of this story, right? You have, you have two to six hundred guards that are coming to arrest Jesus. They're coming with swords and, and lanterns and their torches are blazing. They're coming with fierceness, with power, with strength. 
Well, why are they doing that? Because of the disruption that Jesus is causing, that they're seeking to, to squash down the movement that seems to be happening around Jesus. Because the disruption is too much for them, that Jesus is upsetting the ways uh, uh, that, that have already been established. Because if Jesus continues to be around, what they, what they begin to see is that the crowds are going to be swayed to begin to follow Jesus. And that means that they cannot be the ones to exercise the, the, the power and the authority that they get to have right now. And what you find in this story is that they think that they're the ones that are in control. They think that they're the ones that came up with this plan to come and to find Jesus and to seize him, to grab him, and to exercise control over him. But what John tells us is Jesus knows exactly what's taking place in this moment. John tells us that Jesus knows because he knows full well what's going to take place. He steps forward. They didn't find him They weren't the ones that were seeking after him. Jesus is the one that is in full power. God is in full control in this moment. In this space where it seems like humanity has finally cornered Jesus, what we come to find out, Jesus has them precisely where he wants them. He's in control. John makes sure to highlight the regality of Jesus in this moment, the divinity of Jesus in the moment, his power and his majesty. And how does he do it? Well, when they come and they, 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 they're seeking after him, Jesus is the one that comes out and he meets them right where they're at. And he asks, who are, me, who are you seeking? And their response is, we're seeking Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am and readers of the Bible knows precisely that what Jesus, is, what God is, is doing in this moment, what John is making sure to highlight in this, in this place is that it's, it's the name of Jesus that is being declared in this moment. It's this po- point in which it seems like Jesus is being overcome by the power of man, but he says, I am he. And as the moment that he steps, he says that the soldiers, two to six hundred soldiers, fall back. They fall down. And there's hope that's evoked in this moment. There's there's a moment of of which our hearts are stirred because what we we see, what we're able to, to look at in hindsight, is the way that Jesus is is leading humanity. We think of the end of the story where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name the name of Jesus. That there's no name like his name. Just simply by a word, he completely overcomes those that are coming to arrest him. But the other thing that that gets highlighted is the second time when when he asks again, whom whom do you seek? And they say again, Jesus of Nazareth. I don't know if I would have the guts to say again, I, right? But, but they do. And, and, and Jesus, Jesus responds, I am he. And here's what I find so incredible in this moment. They're the ones that are coming to arrest Jesus. But he's the one that's giving instruction. He's the one that's commanding them what to do. He says, I'm, I'm he. 
Like, and if, if I'm the one that you're seeking after, then would you let these men go? Would you let my followers out of here? And he didn't say, would you let them? He just says, let them go. And in this moment, we see that as the mob steps towards Jesus, thinking they're the ones that initiating the moment, but we see Jesus stepping towards them, that he's in full control, and he will use their acts against him for good at this point of his arrest. He's exercising his authority for the freedom and deliverance of his followers. In this place, in this scenario, what it causes me to ask is who am I, who am I seeking to rule and to reign over my life? The conflict, the tension that erupts in this moment is that Rome and the Jewish, the, the, the temple officials are, are, are coming to, to, to hold on to, to their sovereignty, to their power, to exercise their dominion and their ruling over Jesus and over his followers. And I think that what we get highlighted in here is that, 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 that we stop and we really say, who's, who's really the one that's worth following? Who really is the one, the one that's worth exercising control and dominion and sovereignty over us? It's the one that, that, whose name is like no other name. Who do I seek? Who do I seek to serve? I would hope that what, 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 what is constantly longing within us is that we long for it to be Jesus that rules and reigns over us, that he might be our king and that he might be our high priest. And then, and then there's Peter. And then there's Peter. In this moment, we find that Peter acts rashly. He... he Maybe, maybe he thinks that he's trying to protect Jesus. Maybe what he's trying to do is, is I mean, because we find in other points in the gospel when Jesus is saying he's going to the cross, that, Jesus, that Peter can, like, rebukes him. <laughs> says, you're not going to do that. Is, is that, that, that likely what, what erupts out of Peter in this moment that he's acting upon how he thinks that Jesus should be acting. And, and Jesus tells Peter, Peter, put your sword away. Stop trying to do things from your own power, Peter. Try, stop trying to operate from, from your own perspective. <laughs> and doesn't that kind of feel like Judas? Doesn't, there's a little bit, right, that just goes, oh, what's the difference then? What's the difference between Peter and Judas that's, that, that's here in this moment? Because it seems like Judas is the one that's trying to, he, he betrays Jesus because, because he wants Jesus to act how Judas wants him to act. And it seems like in this moment, by slashing the, the, the high priest's servant's ears, that Peter's trying to, to it'll, maybe erupts out of him is for, for Jesus to act how Peter wants him to act. And I think the difference is this. Peter's responsive to Jesus. Right? And we'll see this over the handful of weeks ahead as we continue to see Peter highlighted in the, in, in the death and the resurrection stories here is that, that Peter is responsive. That he has these, these really low lows. He has these moments in which he, he doesn't quite get it. He, 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 he's scared. He acts out of fear. He acts out of rashness. And, 
But ultimately what we find is that Jesus continues to step towards Peter. He, he continues to, to engage with Peter, and the beauty of it all is that, that Peter responds. And then that give us hope. <laughs> but, but Peter must learn the cause of Jesus doesn't happen through my wielding of the sword. That the cause of Jesus doesn't happen by my force, by my will, by my strength. That's not what's going to bring about the kingdom of God. And Jesus' words to Peter are so humbling. Put away your sword. And I have to continually see that Jesus, that he's my hope for deliverance. He's my hope for security. Others may trust in horses and chariots, but we we will trust in the name of the Lord. It's not going to be wielding the sword. It's not going to be an exercising of of man's power that that good is going to happen in the world around us. But Jesus tells us, I've got to drink this cup. It's going to happen through the suffering of Jesus. And here's here's the the final thing I want us to reflect on. Listen, Jesus steps toward sin and death. And he offers himself the death, the destruction, the violence, the hostility, the brokenness of humanity is is fully on display in this story. And and evil's not going to be overcome by evil, but evil must be overcome by good. What's set in motion in this story is, is Judas, it's Rome, it's the temple guards all acting in a way to try to seize Jesus. They, they come with, with blazing torches, with fierceness, violence, with power, with strength. And Jesus' response is to drink that is to absorb that, is for that to be poured upon himself, is that Jesus steps forward to the violence and the hostility and the division of humanity. He steps towards the brokenness, the pain, the suffering of humanity. He steps towards all of that. And he takes the blow upon himself. He, he absorbs it all on our behalf. Again, evil must be overcome by good. And so the question here is that as, as we seek to th- see things change in, in our lives, in the world around us, who, who are we seeking to have that happen? Who are we ultimately believing and what actions are we ultimately believing that that's going to be the hope for the world? That's going to bring the peace and the hope and the justice that we long to see in the world around us. Well, it's it's got to be Jesus. And we've got to see how he does it. We've got to see the fact that he responds that, listen, it's going to be through drinking this cup. It's going to be through my suffering. And and that's where his power is fully on display. 
This is where we see the strength of Jesus. This is his moment of being enthroned. This is his moment where he shows us what the strength of God really looks like. To stare directly at evil, human brokenness, and take it all upon himself. And what we know will happen is that he will overcome. He will show himself more powerful. But it'll happen through him giving himself on our behalf. There is no name like the name of Jesus.